So let's welcome here this morning the Hoving Home Ministry and Choir. Amen? Praise God. Josh, what do you want me to do this? Hello? Oh, yes, I am loud. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Jerry and your lovely wife. I don't see her. Um, thank you for having us here um, in the congregation of Chatworth, Chatsworth Foursquare. Thank you so much. It is a blessing for us to be here. It is such an honor for us to be able to stand here today as ladies and trophies of grace, of his grace. No, why isn't she up here? Well, I want to know all about it. She's, she's our, one of our newest staff members, and she's training. So she's watching how it all works. She's never been so. You are so Nicole. lucky, girl. You are so lucky. <laughs> all right. Her name is Nicole. Yes, she's our newest facilities assistant. Um, sorry, assistant coordinator. I don't know why I said that. But um, what a testimony she has, too. So if you get a chance to speak with her, please do. Um, but again, so thank you for having us here. In case you don't know about the Hoving Home, does everyone pretty much know about the Hoving Home? Okay, great. So I'm going to read from a script so I don't say anything I shouldn't say. One moment here. Um, but we are a 12-month residential uh, faith-based discipleship program for women who are struggling with drug and alcohol addiction. The ministry was birthed in 1967, it was birthed by Mom and Dad B. Um, Mom B is still with us today, um, and, uh, and she comes and visits us frequently at our Pasadena home. Um, and since Dad B has gone to be with the Lord, we have also opened up another uh, ministry in New Jersey. So we have one in Pasadena here, Oxford, New Jersey, Las Vegas. Um, and we also have the Lioness and the Lamb at, at our garrison home. Lioness and the Lamb is a program for women and children. That is such a blessing. We've never had that. Um, it just opened, what, about three years ago, Nicole? So about three years ago. And we were seeing that a need that was happening was the ladies that are coming to get help would not come to get help because they had children at home. And so Linus and the Lamb was birthed out of that need, out of that burden on Chelsea's heart. She's the director to really kind of push forth this program to really encourage, nurture um, not only the children, but mothers to learn how to be mothers, holy mothers, godly mothers, righteous mothers. So it's an amazing program. So our primary goal is to empower these lovely ladies that you see behind me um, to discover their identity in Christ. Um, they develop a personal relationship with him and determine to, leave, to live a life fully submitted to him. Um, we do this through our structured schedule. It's a very structured schedule. They start off early in the morning. They um, do devotions. The day does not start without devoting your time to God. Um, after that, they have breakfast. They go into the Benton Academy. That's where, that's our school. Um, that's where they apply, um, you know, the Bible. And they really kind of learn where the root issue is for why they turned to drug and alcohol, drugs and alcohol in the first place. So that's really the heart of our ministry. That's where the healing happens. But also there's practical things that happen. The ladies learn practical skills, reception skills. They work at the front desk. They can work in the business office and, and coordinate choirs um, um, to go to the different churches. They can work in the kitchen uh, and be our cook, which is not the easiest thing to do. Um, there's so many different positions that they can do where they can apply um, the skills that they're learning 
not only um, in the Benton Academy, but now they can apply this godly way of living and this work ethic now. There's, there's a change that we have when God's inside of us. We do things with excellence. We do things differently. And so it's easy, it's, it's a way to really kind of apply it and to see that he does change. He does transform. And so there's ways that you can help us, first and firm, foremost by praying. We need prayers. We need prayers for the ladies that are still out there. God has a name on their bed in our homes, each and every home, Pasadena, Oxford, New Jersey, Garrison, New York, Las Vegas, Nevada, and Linus and the Lamb. There is a bed with a lady's name on, and we need prayers for that lady. And the other ways that you can help is we have fundraising tools. So this right here is our Hoving Home CD. Our ladies actually recorded this CD um, with some of the songs, you may not, you may hear some on the CD. It's a fundraising tool. It is a twenty-two dollar um, fundraising tool, and the reason why it is twenty-two dollars is that when we did the math, it, we found out that it costs twenty-two dollars per day per lady for them to stay in the home. So um, it's just a way of really kind of to help contribute to saving another life. Um, we also have some things for sale in the back um, when you first enter. We do have aprons that have been sewn um, by some of our ladies. Of course, there's a Chargers apron. Um, I am actually from Boston, as you can tell. Um, so, Patriots. Okay, anyway, sorry. Sorry. So sorry about that. But I'm not. And then also, um, there's, you know, there's just different ones. This one, it looks like a sewing one. Yeah, it's like pin cushions and scissors. They're really cute. But you know what? It doesn't matter. It's, it's really to help out this home that really ushers ladies into the presence of the Lord for a transformation that is for life. And so um, the other thing we have is that if you can please fill this out. If you did not get one, please see Nicole. She will make sure that you get one of these. It is just to kind of explain what's going on with our home. And also in there is this little blue slip. You can see it? Blue slip, okay. So if you can fill this out, please, we will then give you a free gift. This is a way to stay connected with us. This is a way to put people on a prayer list. And it's also a way for us to kind of see where we can outreach to get women into the home. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce this lovely choir of ours. Um, Before I do so, I'm going to just put them on the spot really quick. I just want you to except for Lucia and, and um, Elia, thank you. Can you just say your name and how long you've been in the program? No? No? Ooh, good old COVID. Well, I was just going to hold it, but I'll spray it. Okay. Denise, seven months. Ladisha, I've been there six months. My name is Sasha, and I've been in the program six months. Hi, my name's Jeannie. I've been in the program for six months. Hi, I'm Jamie Pack. I stayed in the program for two and a half months. They weren't expecting that, so thank you. <laughs> I just thought it was important for you to know their names. Okay, well, we're going to um, have Miss Elia come and give her testimony. 
Hi, my name is Elia Jordan. I'm 38 years old. I grew up in South Central Los Angeles with a brother and two sisters and my mother. Growing up, it was really hard for me um, due to not having no guidance from my mother. She was always working, trying to support the house. I experienced a trauma at the age of seven with my uncle that molested me for four years. After that happened, um, I became very resentful, very bitter, very angry, very confused and full of fear because of what was done to me. When I turned 14 years old, I ran, away from, I ran away from home with the boy that I fell in love with. He introduced me to meth. I started using drugs, really heavy, and drinking, which led me to become a stripper to support my drug addiction. As that took course, I ended up getting two DUI cases and a grand theft case that took me to jail for a whole year. Right when I got off of the jail, I picked up a um, probation officer that was on me and I ran from the law. Um, I noticed that I was becoming schizophrenic due to the use of drugs and the alcohol. I knew then that I needed help. I got on my knees and I prayed to the Lord and I cried out to him to please help me. It happened so that the Lord heard my prayers because my brother came to the hoving home and he fixed the air conditioning at the Hoving home, so he came to me and he told me that there was, help, there was still hope and I could come and get help. As he entered to the doors of the Hoving home, I felt the Holy Spirit, I felt peace, I felt joy. As I sit still in the Benton Academy, I learned about the fruit of the Spirit. As I read the scriptures, it let, it let me know that I was a child of God, a new creation, and that I was forgiven for what I was doing and that it wasn't my fault what had happened to me. My future plans is to go to Bible college to become a pastor. I want to reach out to people that are lost out there in this world and let them know that there's still hope through Jesus Christ, our Savior. The scripture that I stand on is Psalm 121, 1 through 2. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth.
Good morning. My name is Lucia Nicholson. I'm 59 years old. I'm from Bogota, Colombia. I have a son. As a child, I grew up sad, confused, scared. When I was five years old, I was taken away from my mother. Couple months into this move, I started experiencing child molestation from a family member that went out for some time. In my early teens, I started smoking marijuana, quickly progressing to other drugs, alcohol, and suicide attempts. Feeling unprotected, I became angry and rebellious. I started feeling rejection from school, family, and friends. I moved to the States when I was 17, searching for a new life. I was married for 30 years to another addict, either be prescription drugs, street drugs, or alcohol. It was a part of our lives, bringing chaos, abuse, being chaos, abuse, and mistrust in the family. All I ever wanted, it was a family for my son. I wanted to keep my son safe. I was married. I was married for 30 years. Sorry. Um, 10 years ago, I divorced my husband. Since then, I've been trying to find myself. I find that same five-year-old scared, alone, insecure. Couple months ago, I tried to take my life. I woke up in the hospital, and my son introduced me to the Hoving Home. Uh, feeling helpless, I knew I needed Jesus in my life. Since, since I got to the Hoving Home, waiting those walls, I find Jesus. I find, I find hope. I find kindness, compassion. Through the Benton Academy, I, I get to know Jesus, and we're building a relationship together. He's helping me fill the hole that I feel in my soul. For my future, I would love to be a missionary in a third world country working with children. And uh, what I stand for is Jeremiah 29.11. For all I know, the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to give me hope in a future.
Hey, how many of you enjoyed that? Wasn't that beautiful? Good job, girls. Girls, I'm going to have you go ahead and be seated at this time. And Josh, if you can help me with these microphones so we can get the pulpit ready. Also, uh, do we have anybody to move the pulpit, Julie? No? Okay. Uh, Ruben and Tony, can you guys get that pulpit? Put it over here and set it in a position, please. All right. Well, listen, normally what we would do at this time is receive an offering for the Hoving Home Ministry. But because we're not able to do that uh, by passing out the offering bags, all I can ask you to do is, from my heart, uh, I think this is a, a wonderful organization that literally houses these young ladies and uh, helps them to get off the streets or out of prison or jail or whatever kind of lifestyle they were into and literally rescuing their lives. So I want to encourage you, church, if you can, take a tithe envelope and uh, designate on that tithe envelope that you want to uh, contribute financially to the Hoving Home, okay? So I would encourage you to do that. You should have some tithe envelopes there in front of your seats there. And then just hand it over to the ushers, and then they'll uh, take a uh, tab of that. And uh, whatever you can do to, to bless them and to encourage them, it would be a, a wonderful, wonderful support for them. What's that? Okay, also you can give on tithely online. Julie just reminded me that you can... Julie, you want to just come up here and just tell them? No? Okay. So put down Walter. Actually, just Hoving Home. I don't know why you just don't come up here and tell everybody what's going on, Julie. <laughs> okay. Julie says it's on there. It's self-explanatory. I have never seen it. I don't know anything about it. Okay. I'm still old school. So... Hopefully, those of you that are high-tech, you know exactly what Julie's talking about. I don't, but you do. Just get the money to them, okay? We just want to support them. more money we get, the more ladies they can help. That's just the bottom line. So uh, we would appreciate your support in that. One thing that I forgot to announce earlier was that this Saturday, the Life Squad Outreach Team, Life Squad Outreach Team that's led by Richard and Kathy Castro, they're going to be meeting at uh, on Canoga and... Sherman Way, this Saturday at 10.30 in the morning. 10.30 in the morning outreach. So if you want to join them, please uh, do that for us. We would appreciate it, okay? And I need for Zoe to get in your position, please. You're, 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 you're delaying my, my intro here, girl. Come on. Get with the program. While she's doing that, I want Nicole to come on up here. Nicole, you cannot get away with coming to our church and you not saying something for the glory of God here, okay? So where did that blue microphone go? Anybody know where it is? Oh, okay, Nicole, hold on, hold on. Let's do this. Let's do this right. Where is that spray stuff at? Here it is. Okay. So, Nicole, spray that. Spray that. Okay, come on over here. All right. Tell us about yourselves, Nicole. About yourself. You uh, you have some kind of a new position there or something. So tell us about that. Hold on, hold on. Is her microphone on? Okay, hold on. Hold on, Nicole. Push that button. Oh, it's on? Okay. Yeah. Now go ahead. Okay. You are live. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Um, hi, folks. How are you doing today? Um, I completed the program actually at the New York facility. Um, I went to, uh, we have a home in Las Vegas. I did um, an internship out there. I flew back to New York. Thank you. And did um, a three-month internship with Lioness and the Lambs with uh, Mothers and Babies. And then I was hired on for facilities almost a month ago here in California. 
and I am just absolutely uh, just overwhelmed by the goodness of God. Um, two years ago, I was actually in a jail cell. So um, praise God. I, uh, I love these ladies. I love this home. It is a fabulous ministry. Let's welcome our guest speaker for this morning, Zoe. God bless you, Zoe. Good job with the choir and everything else, okay? Praise God. Hello? I think they're going to get me one. What do we need to give you? Well, this one doesn't fit in here, but it's okay. I do, because I shake. <laughs> and I'll take it off and take it on, whatever. But a side note um, about Miss Nicole. I was an intern coordinator then, um, an intake coordinator as an intern in New York when she first came through the doors. I remember praying with her on the phone while in jail, and then she came to our doors in shackles, literally shackles, up the stairs with your feet too, right? I can't believe it. Like this. That's grace. That's grace. Um, it's just amazing to see her. So let me put this here. Thank you so much. Um, how much time do I have? How much time do I have, Pastor? Whoa, my grace. Okay, amen. Um, and is there any custom? Do you stand when we read the word or anything, or just just go with it? Amen. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Lord. So um, I'm going to speak to you today about dropping papers. Excuse me. I'm going to speak to you today about you are what you speak. You are what you speak. So, Father, we welcome you today. Move by your spirit in this place, Lord. Lord, we are nothing without you. We are but broken vessels. Use each and every one of us for our good and your glory. Use me today. Speak through these lips of clay, Lord. Use me how you see fit. Lord, let your word come through without anything but you and your Holy Spirit being in it. And Father, let it fall on ears that are ready to hear, on hearts that are ready to perceive it, Lord. If it's just one, if it's just one, if it's just one, that's enough, Father. Show up in a big way. Have your way, Holy Spirit. In your son's holy name, amen. Well, I'll tell you one thing that's really good about COVID and gaining weight is that you can use these masks to hide your chin. Amen. Sorry. That's just my little thing. I'm like, I'm just going to keep it here. It's pretty cool. So um, words, words, you are what you speak. Words hold weight. Weight. They're mighty. They're mighty. The word of God says in Proverbs 8.21 that the power of life and death is in your tongue. The power of life and death is in your tongue. The power of life and death is in your tongue. So that means you have power to bring blessings or curses. 
You have power to be kind or rude, healthy or sickly, edifying or spirit-breaking. There's power in what you say. There's power in your testimony. These women just came up and gave testimony. In Revelations, I think it's 12, in Revelations 12, 11, it says you overcome. You will overcome. They, it says they actually, but I'm going to say for us, we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, by the blood of the lamb. So we know what the blood is, right? We know that the accuser, that's the enemy, the accuser, he comes to us with all our sins and accuses us. And sometimes he's right. Because we sin. We fall short. But the blood, but the blood, but the blood is why we have overcome, is why we are forgiven of our sins. It's why we are forgiven. So that's the blood part. But what's the word part? What's the word of the testimony? What is that? What is, what is in our words? You know, there's testimonies that can happen before it ever happens. Before he even does it, you speak it as though it is so. Before he even did it for Elias, she spoke it saying, I need help. I need healing. I need deliverance. I need to be changed. And he did it. So there's power in the word. You overcome by the word in addition to the blood. But then there's another part in that, in that um, scripture, and it says... They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. So then I'm like, wait a minute. So you overcome by the blood, by some words, and by death. Death to your old life. Death to who you used to be. Because when death is life, in death of who I wanted to be or who Elia wanted to be, when I was walking around 1800 to $1,000 a day Percocet habit, robbing sleeping with anyone who I could find to give me a fix, neglecting my children, walking away from the God that I knew, from the person I used to think I was. I had to die to her. Thank you, Jesus. I had to die to her. And I'll never forget that there was a day that I was outside of a house buying I was purchasing drugs, and I started crying in the car, crying out to the Lord, praying in tongues, crying, asking for help, not knowing that it was, a, it was a course. I was on a course. I was on a course with destiny, not knowing that I was speaking it before it was so, not knowing that my testimony was helping me overcome. You have to speak it. You have power. Life and death is in your tongue. So then in Exodus, don't we learn about, in Exodus, I believe we learn about the commandments, right? And one of the commands was, is, thou shalt not kill. So wait a minute. If the power of life and death is in your tongue, that means you can speak and commit murder. Ooh, that's quiet. You can commit murder with your tongue. You can kill your, your brother's dreams. You can be a dream killer. You can be a destiny killer. You can kill your brother's dreams, your sister's dreams, your own dreams, your own destiny by speaking death into it. So we are to be life speakers. 
We are to speak things so they can come forth. We are to speak things so they can happen. If you think about some of the times when Jesus was healing, right? Let's think about Jesus and he heals because he's a healing God. Thank you, Jesus. Such a healer. Blind Bartimaeus. We all know old blind Bartimaeus. Um, in Mark, and, and he was walking along. And he's like, Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they're like, what is this man doing? Did you don't know this Jesus? We're going to leave Jesus alone. He's like, oh, okay, I'm going to get louder. Jesus, Jesus, son of David, I'm going to get louder. Have mercy on me. Right? So he's doing that. He's yelling. He's like, wait a minute. But Jesus says something very interesting. He says, what do you want? Now, Jesus, turning water into wine, fishes into loaves, fishes and loaves, and, and all, all this stuff that he does is asking what blind Bartimaeus wants. Does that make sense? Why? Jesus, all-knowing, omnipresent, he knows everything. He knew what blind Bartimaeus wanted, but he had to speak it so it would be so. He had to speak it. He had to say, I want to see, so he could overcome. That's what he had to do. We have to speak it. We have to say it. We have to be so desperate like that woman with the issue of blood when she was crawling on her knees to get the healing, to touch the hem of his garment. She had to speak it. He didn't just hear her. He said, who touched me? Who touched me? He knew who touched him. I mean, he was busy, but he knew who touched him. I felt power come out of me. And what did she do? She spoke. She spoke. She told him why she came. Testified. I don't know what she said, but I'm sure it was like, I just knew I've been bleeding. I am tired. I am hurting. I am broken. I can't take no more. Jesus, if I just touch you, I'll be healed. Jesus, if I just touch you, I'll be overcome. Jesus, Jesus, let me touch you. That's what I believe she said. That's what I believe she said. If I just touch you, I will be healed. She said that out loud. He made her speak it. So the word is very connected. This word is active. It's alive. It's living. It's connected. It's purposeful. It's intentional. There's no mistakes. That in Exodus, he said, thou shalt not kill. In Proverbs... He'd say the power of life and death is in your tongue. In Proverbs, he'd also say, um, there's, there's one, I think it's 28, Proverbs, Proverbs. Did I write it down? Let's see. Proverbs 18.21, I said that one. There's another Proverbs 12.18. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. So in Proverbs, he says the tongue of the wise brings healing. And then when Jesus is here, we see people crying out for their healing. They're testifying with their tongues. They are asking for their deliverance. They are asking for their healing. They are asking for redemption. They are asking for new, new beginnings. They are asking for new capacity. They are asking for new change. They are asking for their loved ones to be saved. They are asking for their children to be saved. They are asking for the church to be revived. That's what they're doing. 
They're asking. They're testifying. They're speaking before it happens. Because it already happened in the spirit realm. He's just waiting for us to catch up. Hasn't manifested on earth yet. He's, he's waiting for us to speak it. And, of course, it's godly timing. I like to think I know what he's doing, but, you know, I don't. But there's power in speaking. I was, I was blessed to hear, Pastor, you read testimonies. You read praise reports. Those are testimonies. I come from old school Baptists when I was a younger girl. And we'd be in church, and all I could think about was fried chicken and coconut cake that would happen after the nine-hour service. And good old Deacon Anderson would get up there, okay, and start praying. And I'm like, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Chocolate cake, I'm going to get like two pieces of chicken, maybe a piece. Chocolate, coconut, ooh, those rolls are good. And then here comes testimony. And I'm, standing, I'm sitting there like, what is this? Not knowing the power that was in testimony, and sometimes it was used for show, but the old school tradition was you'd get up and you start speaking and testifying for what's happened this week. So here goes Mother Pearl, and she's talking about, oh, my grandson Johnny came home, and he's healed. He's delivered. He's not on them drugs no more, Jesus. The, good, the prodigal son came home, and she's talking about he was lost, and now he's found. And I'm sitting there like, ooh, Talking to my grandma, let me get some of those nasty lifesavers because this sounds like a good show right now. And I'm eating the lifesavers that my grandmother had. Like, just listening because to me as a kid it was a show. But it wasn't. Because Mother Pearl's grandson and that testimony spoke life into Brother John's heart that he too can be healed from the sin of addiction that he's been hiding from the church every day. Yeah, that's what testimony does. And then they get up and they sing, this is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Raising my Savior all the day long. That's what they start doing. Because it's a testament. It's a testament. It brings power. It invokes change. Purpose. Destiny. You're speaking it as though it was so. And then... You testify after the goodness. The testify of the goodness of God. You will sing of the goodness of God. You've got to shout to the mountaintop. So these ladies are walking around shouting. You can't stop their praise. You can't stop their mouth because they were not who they used to be. So they walk around. I am no longer bound. I am no longer sick. I am no longer broken. I am no longer depressed. I am no longer oppressed. I am no longer afflicted. I am no longer addicted. You got to speak that you got to speak it because it is life-changing. It is true. There's power in it. There's hope. One of the ladies says that he knows the plan. He knows the plans. Mm, that's so comforting. He knows the plans. He already knows it. 
It was predestined when we were knitted together in our mother's wombs. There was purpose and plan. And he knows it. And it's to prosper us and not to harm us, but to give us a hope. To give us a hope. To give us a hope. Hope. When we were hopeless in a future when we could not see beyond what was in front of us. That hope is powerful. The enemy in the form of addiction is a hope stealer. It's a voice silencer. You can't be what you speak. You are what you speak. You can't do that with addiction. You speak addiction. You speak pain. The enemy's purpose is to silence the voice. It's to silence the voice so there's no overcoming, so that he won't be thrown into that fiery lake. That's the purpose of addiction. But God. But God. I know a God that not only healed a blind man, that not only healed a bleeding woman, that not only turned water into wine, all these things are you. There's stuff every day that he's doing. There's miracle signs and wonders every day that's around us that we need to testify about, that we need to speak about so we can bring it forth, so that we can bring them to Christ, so that we can bring and be fishers of men. We need to speak of goodness. We don't need to condemn. We don't need to put our, put our heads down. We don't need to shake and roll our eyes at people. We need to speak the goodness, the gospel of the good news. It's the gospel. It's the good news. We need to speak it so it can evoke that change, so it can bring men and women broken and, and afflicted and hurt to Christ so that the trajectory of their lives are changed and they're never the same. Each and every woman that is at the Hoving Home will never be the same. Never. Never. Four years ago, I was a lost cause. Grace. Thank you, Jesus. Grace. Mm. I was heavy. There was heaviness. That addiction had me so bound. I was hopeless. I was suicidal. I knew. I just didn't want it no more. I didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't want to do it. I wasn't definitely walking around speaking nothing. I was nasty. I had no compassion. I had no love. I was a criminal. But God. But God. He swept in. He swept in. And he turned me around. And he set these shoes, the peace on solid ground. That's what he did. I'm solid. I'm solid now. Because of him. We got to speak it. We got to shout it. We got to scream it. We got to claim it. We got to declare it. Because he already decreed it. We got to declare it. Speak it. So it will show. So it is so. Speak it. 
before you see it. Pray until you see it. Pray until you see it manifest. Don't stop. You heard it? You heard it. He told you it. Speak it. You didn't tell yourself any of that. We can't tell ourselves good things. We don't have that capacity. We're carnal in nature. But he does. And he speaks it. That's, there's, there's a whisper behind us in our ear telling which way we should go. He speaks it to us. So then when he speaks it, we hear it. And then when we hear it, we need to speak it. We need to pray it out loud. So it, was, so it will be so. Because it will be so. And if you don't see it in this lifetime, baby is going to happen. Because our God is a promise keeper. He's a covenant keeper. He honors covenant. I am alive because my grandmother was a praying grandmother. And she had my name written down at Psalm 121, verses 5 through 8. The sun won't harm her by day, nor the moon by night, and, and all this. And, she will, and, he, and he will protect my going and my coming. My grandmother prayed that over me every day. My name was written to, near it. She wasn't alive to see it, but it happened. It happened. He's a promise keeper. It happens. Those are covenants he makes. He honors covenants. Look at the, all the covenants he made with David. He honored his lineage. That's a covenant. So you make a covenant with him because he honors it. So you speak it over your family. If you don't see it, believe it. Know that it will happen. People speak healing. You pray about healing. And you walk around, oh, I prayed and oh, nothing happened. They still passed away. What are you talking about? They healed on the other side. Amen. They were with him floating around dancing. That's healing. That's the ultimate healing. It's not that your prayers weren't answered. Your prayers were answered the ultimate way. So you spoke it. It happened. He's a promise keeper. You asked for healing. He healed. They, they passed away. They're with him. Or he heals them right there in front of your eyes in miraculous ways. But either way, he does what he says he's going to do. There ain't nobody else that can do that but him. So we speak it because we believe it. And if you don't believe it, you keep on speaking it until you do. You keep on speaking it into yourself until you do. You keep on speaking life over your life and over your children's life and over your children's 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 life. You speak legacy. You speak love over your loved ones and your friends and your family. You speak life over the man that's outside in the corner asking for change. You speak life over the one that's sleeping under the bridge. You speak life. Life. You speak it. And it shall be done. Because he's a good, good father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I believe that's it. So I'm going to, you want me to pray? Okay. Thank you, Father. Um, I pray that um, this word was able to touch and it was, it was articulated the way he gave it to me. And the power in our tongues. And um, do you, you want me to all go? Or, okay. So, um, you know, when a word hits us and when, and when God shifts us, when, when he comes to us, one encounter, one moment with him changes our lives. One moment. One word from him. 
One touch from him will change your life. And if you feel that God is pulling on your heart, that there's something shifting in your spirit, that there's something shifting around you, that you feel a nudge, that's the Holy Spirit. That's our Father loving on you, telling you to come, telling you to speak it as though it is so, telling you to come meet this man gives you life everlasting that has you drink from living water so you will thirst no more this man that turns mourning to joy this man that gives you joy unspeakable whew if anyone wants to come up and feels compelled by the Lord to do so, you can come to the altar. If you don't know Christ, this is a wonderful time to dedicate your life to him or re-dedicate your life to him because you haven't missed anything. He's the God of second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eight, nine, ten chances. He's that God. If you know that you need to get back right with him, if you've been falling off, not praying as much, not seeking him as much, feeling empty, feeling voided, feeling like you can't even speak or worship or praise him in advance, it's time to rededicate to him. It's time to realign with him. He's waiting. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He has plans. If you're still breathing, you still have purpose unfulfilled. You still have purpose in the kingdom. And that's what he has for you. So we'll just have this time for anyone who chooses to come to the altar. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, we all admit that we are sinners and we fall short from your glory. But we know 
that you died for us. And we believe in our heart that you are Lord, Lord of all, Lord over our lives, and that you rose on the third day with all power in your hands. Touch our hearts, Father. We declare from this day forward that our lives will never be the same that we will put you first, that we will let you be Lord of all in our lives, Father, and that we would take off our grave clothes. We would take them off. We would take them off, Father, and not look back. We are deciding today to follow you all the days of our lives. for this new life that you're giving us today, for this new hope and this new beginning. You're wiping the slate clean. It's your grace upon grace upon grace that comes like a flood. You're washing us. You're washing us, Lord. You're washing us, Lord. You're washing us, Lord. White as snow. Thank you for cleansing us. Thank you for your grace. We love you, Lord. We give ourselves to you today. That was an awesome word, amen? Good job. Good job. If you're not in a hurry and you want to hang out, I want Zoe just to, I just feel the spirit anointing on her really strong right now. I want her to pray for you guys at the altar. If you're not in a hurry, just kind of hang out. Those of you that have to leave, feel free to leave. God bless all of you. We pray that you are blessed here today. And uh, don't forget, let's do what we can to support this ministry, okay? I think it'll be a blessing to them and to you also. God bless you. Have a great, great day. Thank you.